In past years as your pastor, I've addressed the arrogance of modern critics who smugly insist that the Magi and the Star of Bethlehem are nothing more than literary embellishments. Their efforts to debunk these so-called myths as made up by ignorant ancients and believed only by gullible people are in fact ripped apart by historical records independent of the Bible that consistently show that the Magi were indeed very real, that the ancients could tell the difference between charlatans and true scholars, and advances in contemporary astronomy can now accurately portray the ancient night sky as the Magi saw it, and there were a number of celestial events that would have been observable by the naked eye to explain the star referred to in the gospel. I would encourage you sometime this week to go onto the EWTN website and check out the instructional video on some of the current theories from astronomers of what the star of Bethlehem may have been, you will come away with the renewed respect for the wisdom of our ancient ancestors. We may have technology and science, but it is debatable if we have wisdom to guide our lives and live them well. This year, I would like to focus on the reaction of the political and religious leadership of Jerusalem to the Magi's arrival. We heard that when the Magi came to Jerusalem, they first went to King Herod. Since Magi in the ancient world were generally accorded ambassadorial status, it would have been a gross violation of diplomatic protocol if they had not paid a courtesy call to the head of state whose territory they entered. Now, as scholars, the Magi would have known Herod's reputation for being ruthless. He did anything to stay in power, including murdering not just one, but two temple high priests, in-laws, family members, and even murdered his own sons for fear they would take the throne. On two occasions, when Herod had to leave the country, he ordered that his wife be killed should he not return. There was an ancient rumor that Herod had ordered that an entire village be slaughtered at the moment of his death so that there would at least be crying and mourning in the land of Israel. Herod was a wacko, but a wacko with power. So when the Magi asked Herod, in the presence of all Jerusalem, meaning the political and the religious leadership, where is the newborn king of the Jews? There can be little doubt that Herod had an immediate panic attack. Asking that question in public was very shrewd. It gave the Magi a margin of safety. Herod was known for hiring assassins, but not even Herod would dare to take action against the Magi, at least publicly, 
because they were held in high regard in the world of his time. That would have been too risky even for Herod, but he might have dealt with them later. Notice, however, what happens when one discovers, one knows the truth. These magi, pagan scholars, who inherited and used the accumulated wisdom of previous generations of scholars, going back hundreds and hundreds of years, who had familiarized themselves with the religious beliefs of the Jews, and over many generations made astronomical observations of the night sky, put together all the signs of their time. They perceived that truth had entered the world, and as representatives of the best that pagan antiquity had to offer, the best that natural human reason could offer, they responded. They could not, they would not allow anyone or anything to stop them from moving to truth. It is very interesting that in the variety of ancient historical records that we have, that after this particular episode in the gospel, that wonderful reputation of the Magi plummeted throughout the Mediterranean world, and they were universally portrayed as quacks, magicians. Suddenly, the action of the gospel account freezes, and these ancient scholars step forward, and they ask us sophisticated moderns with all our science and technology, are you, who have the advantage of being immersed in this holy child through your baptism, as wise as we primitives? It's a good question. Do we allow something or someone to interfere with our relationship with Jesus? If so, why are we so foolish? We are told that Herod and all Jerusalem were greatly troubled. I don't like the translation. It's a very mild translation. The Greek word for greatly troubled comes from the verb parazo, which more accurately means to agitate the mind with fear, to terrify, to affect with anxiety and grief. But what happened next is telling. We are told, assembling all the chief priests and the scribes of the people. The word for assemble is synagogon. It's a disturbing word. Why? It is the very same word used in the passion narrative of Matthew's gospel in chapter 26, verses 3 and 57, chapter 27, verses 17, 27, and 62, where the enemies of the Messiah, the powers of this world, religious and political, assemble to destroy him. The word is also found in the Greek version of Psalm, chapter, Psalm 2, verse 2, where the rulers of this world assemble against God's anointed. 
like it or not. We are being forced to see what we do not want to see. We moderns love the cutesy Christmas stuff. We like the stuff for children, but Christmas is not for children. It's very much for adults. We are forced to see the shadow of the cross has already ominously stretched out to the Holy Child, the Redeemer of man, sleeping in his manger. The homage the Magi offer to Jesus tells us they recognize what so many today do not. They understood they were in the presence of God and worship is the only viable response that a human being can give. The infinite had entered the finite. The invisible had become visible. He who is totally other has entered into his creation. The Magi's gifts reveal the depth of wisdom that generations of scholars before them had gleaned through Judaism's holy books and prophets. The gold recognized Jesus as the eternal king. There was no king like him before. There shall never be a king like him after. The frankincense tells us the magi recognized Jesus as the eternal high priest whose temple was not made of stone but of human flesh. And access to him is no longer limited to just the Jewish people but open to all nations that he is the high priest who will also be the supreme sacrifice. The myrrh tells us the Magi recognized Jesus as the suffering eternal king, the suffering eternal high priest who will offer himself as the one perfect sacrifice whose body will someday need to be prepared for burial. We moderns would do well to abandon our arrogant assumptions about the ancients. The Magi did not have technology and science as we do, but they had something that we have allowed our technology and science to replace, the wisdom to pursue the truth. 